Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, the Motorola value-added reseller. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Well, hello. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security broadcast of the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and once again, on this fine Sunday evening, joined by my co-host, Mike. What's up, Doc? Happy New Year. I, I'd, I should say stranger because I feel like it's been forever, but uh, it's because it has. So, <laughs> Profounder words have never been spoken. No, but you know what? Sometimes you need a break in ministry, and that is exactly what that was. Some time off with the holidays, uh, travel um, on both sides, and uh, just a reset, recharge, chance to kind of come back even stronger. Yeah, absolutely. We um, we did actually. <laughs> we took a break from everything, and I think uh, I think our our families might have appreciated the fact that we weren't calling each other every day. I don't know. <laughs> it was kind of weird because at one point I'm like, I wonder what Mike thinks about this, and then I realized that like usually the top three people in, in my Facebook messaging yep. messaging places like Mike is in that top three. And so then when I went to like message you about something, I don't even remember. It was like, you're not anywhere near the top. You were like down <laughs> <laughs> like, but it was that's good. Like a, to... That's a first. Like, I know we've taken a break last year at similar timing, but uh, I don't think that's ever happened to that degree. Yeah. Well, we're we're back. Uh, we're we're happy to start off a new season. We've got some great content uh, scheduled to to come this season in twenty twenty four. And we alluded to this back in December on the last broadcast that we did. But twenty twenty four is going to look a little bit different for us, uh, just from having uh, a broadcast and podcast perspective too. We we both actually both of us have changed um, jobs quite a bit or had have had changes with our jobs that have kind of made us step back a tiny bit and say, hey, what's going on? How is this going to play out? And and that sort of thing. So uh, we're definitely, definitely continuing to move forward. But uh, at the same time, bear with us. Uh, I think we're going to probably try a rotation where we do maybe 12 or 13 episodes and then take a break and make sure 
that uh, that we're doing doing things well. And I think actually about the second season would be slated right after the conference in April, if I figured that out correctly. So um, again, lots of lots of great content coming up uh, this this season. And uh, some of the things that uh, that we're definitely going to talk about, um, we've got uh, folks coming on, new new guests that we've never had on before, which is always a blessing uh, to get some new folks in and their experiences. And uh, we're going to talk about women in ministry, uh, church abuse, uh, leadership, um, and then obviously church safety and security as well. So. Um, so if you've, you haven't joined us in a while, or maybe this is your first time, welcome. Uh, thanks for hanging out and joining us. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com. And we're happy to, to do the best that we can to, to help you in your ministry and answer questions. Uh, if you are new and you're not familiar with our, our broadcast, we do try and do it weekly on Sunday evening. And uh, you're welcome to click the like and subscribe button and, and uh, certainly share it with your team and let us know if there's a particular topic or, or uh, piece of content that you'd like us to, to talk about uh, because we get really get our ideas from, from you all. And uh, yeah. oftentimes kind of look at, okay, what, is, what, what do churches need? you know, what's, what's the big question that's going on. And, um, then, you know, look at, look at addressing that on the broadcast as well. So, but, uh, without further eloquence, I do want to throw out a plug for the conference. So, uh, we've got some new information about that. So you can go and you can actually purchase tickets. Um, you can visit our website, which is churchsafetyconference.com. And uh, there's definitely a, a list of the, the location, the date. It's actually going to be uh, April 26th and 27th at Grace Covenant Church in Austin. And we're really excited about um, the facility there and partnering with those folks. And um, so far, the, the lineup, I think we pretty much have everybody <laughs> have everybody solidified, but um, you know, Mike and I will, will definitely be there. We added a, a, a second day. Um, so it's a Friday, Saturday thing. And, um, we're actually running some very specific training on Friday for you and your teams. And really the training is designed. Like when we sat down and we talked about it, the training is designed to help your, you and your team, regardless of where you're at. So if you haven't set up a team, um, if you haven't set up a safety team at your church, or maybe you did, and you're wanting to push them and, and do some things to, to train with them or to, to encourage them, you will definitely find that content, uh, at this, at this conference. So we're excited about that too. Yeah. It's really broken down across each, each caliber really at that point. So, um, while essentials is designed to be, uh, focused around, really that core, really what, again, what you need, what the essential items or uh, topics, uh, but the basics, kind of the foundations getting started, as James mentioned, is there. But we also wanted to add a challenge component this year. So we have a, uh, a afternoon option on the Friday that will give you a chance to really sit down with 
uh, peers and others that are serving in the similar ministry at other churches and to really work through a situation. Um, we're not going to necessarily live play it out, but uh, we will talk through it and there'll be choices and options and things for you to choose and then chance to win prizes on the basis of how the teams uh, walk through and, and, and choose the answers. So uh, really fun simulation and challenge set up for the afternoon. Uh, so check that out. For sure. And, you know, we, we definitely have some new, new faces, new friends at the conference, uh, folks that have been on the broadcast before. Um, Steven, uh, Steven Bucci is actually going to be there. I'm really excited about that. Uh, it'll be the first time he's joined us at a conference. Um, Maddie Scholar is also uh, one of the trainers and speakers that'll be there. And then uh, we have, obviously, Mike and I will be we'll be doing some presentations as well. And um, our good friend, John Riley with general response de-escalation will be there as well. So a lot, um, really a lot crammed into two days. And then um, actually on Sunday after church, we did get the, uh, the final on that information. So one of the sponsors of the conference is actually KR training. Uh, and that's Carl uh, with KR training and they're in Lincoln, Texas. And Carl is actually setting up um, a special training event for Sunday after church. And that's going to actually be uh, a four hour training event. And it's, we'll have the information on our church, uh, churchsafetyconference.com website. So it'll be down at the bottom of the page where if you're interested, you can sign up and go um, do that class if you're in Texas at the same time too. But that class is actually going to be a very, very small, limited class, um, phenomenal price, uh, price point for the trainers that, um, that Carl is putting into it and the time and effort. And basically he's offering, it's a firearm class. So there's certain, you know, certainly, um, requirements and restrictions accordingly. But the cool thing about it is, um, a lot of it is range work and, um, Carl has a, a fantastic background of training and, uh, is certified. Um, I know he's been working with Ed Monk and, and Ed's group to do training. So he's got, and definitely, I mean, there's more information on the website, um, for that, but, you know, you need to have a, a firearm concealment holster, three magazines, 300 rounds type thing. And um, I believe if I understood him correctly, that uh, he's going to be doing the, the live fire training and he has a shoot uh, shoot house as well. And he's going to be guiding people through drills and different things like that. So definitely a, a, a fun filled weekend, uh, a good weekend to get some some training in and, uh, across the board, I think, I think we've pretty much covered everything like <laughs> in that weekend. Cause now I'm looking at it. I, I got that email from actually from, from KR training this week and I was looking at it and I haven't bought my plane ticket yet for Austin. And so I was like, Hmm, 
<laughs> See, I love that I can drive finally after flying yeah, for four you. years. Now I can finally not have to fly anywhere for a conference. So, but what's it's, cool about it is that you know, if Mike and I end up doing that, I mean, we get to train with you guys, right? So, yep. we've we've been talking about possibly going and doing doing the training with Carl and and uh, brushing up on some of our skill skill set, etc. And I think that. Um, I think it's a good, I think it'll be a good deal. I think it, it, you know what, it really stretches the envelope because for, for so often we've seen a lot of folks flying in or traveling in from a longer distance Yeah. and this really takes it that if, Hey, if, if you're already paying for a plane ticket, if you're already driving five, six hours that you, you're, you're putting an investment into that. So why not add some additional opportunities to do even more and, and make it, yeah really a full Absolutely. weekend at this point. So uh, whether whether you need each piece, it, it, it's really kind of a la carte. So you can load up and get a discount and do the whole, uh, the whole weekend. And then you still have an option to add on Sunday. Or if you don't need every single piece because your team's established, for example, and you don't want to do that or um, you won't, you don't have to do the foundations piece. Uh, yeah. So there it's, it's really an opportunity to, build out a church safety conference the way that it works best for you. So really highly personalized um, yep. and, and designed around each individual. For sure. And if you think about it and we've, we've always, whenever we've done a class or a conference, we've always tried to um, do it very economically. Thanks to our sponsors and, and thanks to um, just managing it extremely frugal in a frugal way. And honestly, if you, if you look at the fact that the entire cost, like if you, if you do the two days of conference and then, um, sign up for Carl's Carl's thing, you come in Friday, you leave Sunday. It's a phenomenal, a phenomenal cost to do all of that together. Um, you're still under 350 per person to have like basically three days worth of solid solid training. That's just a phenomenal deal. Um, you know, you could very easily come in Friday, hang out with us Friday and Saturday, go to church at, uh, go to church at grace covenant on Sunday. And then after church from two to six is, is Carl's training. So, and he will actually, um, I think, uh, he will actually be one of our guests in two weeks. I believe he's going to be on and he'll, he'll be able to talk about that and what he does with those four hours and that sort of thing. So if you thought at all about the conference and, and coming down and that, that perks your interest more, um, you definitely don't want to miss that broadcast. Cause he'll, he'll go over with us what, what all he's going to be doing that day. And, and, um, it'll be, it'll be good for sure. So, uh, jumping into, we'll jump into the, the topic, um, at hand. So we wanted to talk a little bit, uh, today about, uh, women in ministry. And, uh, we've certainly seen over the last couple of years of, of doing church safety and security, how, uh, more and more women are, are jumping in to serve. And that's phenomenal. Uh, there's definitely a place I believe, and I know Mike, Mike, you do too, that there's definitely right. a place for women, to help serve in that ministry. And sometimes that kind of goes a little bit by the wayside because oftentimes safety and security tends to be a very male dominated 
um, high strung personality type ministry. It's and... kind of funny. It, 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 <laughs> it parallels. I'm in tech as my normal day job. And so it's very similar environment there as well. But you're, yeah. you're absolutely right. It's it's the title of tonight's episode is not a punchline, is not a gotcha, is not a, a meant <laughs> a, to twist things around and and turn it into a social media discussion. It's really that we have uh, partners in faith and ministry that we can reach out to. And there's many different things um, that they can do. I mean, it's not it's not one versus the other. It, this is when you're putting together a ministry. It's about coverage and it's about serving, and Absolutely. it shouldn't be about uh, anything up beyond that. For sure. So one of the one of the folks that we've kind of added to our team and adopted, um, adopted is that a good word? Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'll bring her in in a second here, but um, she's become a great friend, and and uh, her and her husband have done a phenomenal job in helping actually helping us with the Austin conference and planning. So I want to publicly say thank you for that, but uh, I will actually bring Corey in and, uh, and she can join us. So, Hey, Corey. Hey there. <laughs> thank you. Welcome. Welcome. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Unlike many of our guests who I've never had the chance to meet, <laughs> we did get to meet already because you're in my backyard. It's great. Yeah, that was great. We loved having y'all. That's good. So again, we really, we appreciate, um, it's, it's kind of interesting how providentially you meet people and, and, mm -hmm. uh, you've extended Texas hospitality and, and grace covenant hospitality for sure, uh, in ways that, uh, go beyond saying thank you, but thank you for helping us with the conference. And it's, it's always fun to get to meet new, new people and, and make new friends. And, uh, we're, we're grateful that you joined us tonight. So don't be too hard on us with the <laughs> questions and answers. But anyhow, for those that are listening that maybe don't know who you are or your background, because I don't want to give away too much because you have an amazing story and test testimony. Um, but please jump in and just uh, and just tell us how you got started, why why church safety and security is interesting or important to you and, and how you're involved with it. Okay. Well, thank you. Well, I'm just so excited to be here. Thank you. I've been super nervous. Uh, so I've been taking deep breaths. It's good. It's all good. I know your community is really nice, so hopefully they'll be nice to me. But um, I do have a little joke to tell you later about the intro when you said thank you to me and my husband. So we'll revisit that on the back end. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Funny story. Um, but how did I get into ministry and, and to where I'm at now with security? Um, and I know you, you kind of asked me that a few days ago. And so I've been thinking about it. And um, as I look back, right, on my life and think about where God's taken me uh, and how he's prepared me for this role, it's been very interesting. Um, and and when I look back at, like, my dad and my brothers and that kind of thing, don't worry, it's not going to be a whole, like, hour-long saga. But but I do think it's important to note that, you know, my father was very protective of me as his only girl. And then I had two older brothers and they were both protective. Right. Um, we grew up using guns as tools to hunt and to feed sure. our family. And uh, so we would shoot cans and have fun doing that. But, you know, it would build our proficiency to put dinner on the table. 
and um, would increase our family community, right? Our, our culture, our, our tribe, kind of our bond. Um, so growing up, I had already started learning the values of having a um, protector mindset, being aware of my surroundings, building community, all of that that goes into play in safety and security world. So uh, from a young age, um, fast forward to college and I moved to Dallas and I lived by myself. I was 19 and single female living alone. I did not live in a good area of town. We did not know this when my parents dropped me off at the apartment. And um, I was very quick to go in and out of my apartment. Well, there were some guys that that lived in, in my floor that befriended me. And I'm fairly certain that they were involved in the sketchiness that was going on in my neighborhood. <laughs> I'm very confident that they were. But they... Um, they befriended me and I was really glad for that. Um, if I would come in with groceries or laundry, they were on it. It's like they were watching out their door for me. They were down there helping me carry bags up and laundry up. And um, I never made more than one trip. Let's nice. put it that way. They wanted me out of the parking lot as fast as possible in case there was a drive by or something. I mean, I really didn't <laughs> live in a good area of town. So I was very grateful for them. So again, very aware, building community with people that maybe you would or wouldn't want to build a community with. But um, and we see that sometimes day by day at, you know, at church. It's it's a good thing. It's all good lessons. But when I moved back home and met my future husband at that point, Chuck. Um, we both like to hunt and we got in a community with duck hunters and that was new to us. And we just fell in love with duck hunting. And then from there, we fell into a community of uh, competition shooting. And so he started with pistol and he went to three gun and all that good stuff. And then he pulled me into mm -hmm. to pistol matches and steel challenges, which I love steel challenges. They're so much fun. Um, but when you step into those worlds, you really, you really step into a world with um, past and and current military, police, mm -hmm. right? And sure. just general, like the term we probably all use a lot, sheepdog, men and women, right? Who wants to, who want to build a community um, uh, with others who are kind of like-minded and that kind of thing. And um, so, so that was amazing. So we loved that. We just, every, every different stage, we just really fell in love with. Um, and after Chuck and I, we were married for seven years before we had kids. We had a lot of fun. And uh, we we joke that we had the fun up front. And now when our kids leave, we're going to be too old to have fun. So anyway, but um, after we um, after we got married and had kids, I homeschooled through second grade. And so um, I then volunteered at the school and started teaching. And so from 2014 to 2022, um, I was in the classroom teaching. And if that time in history does not bring somebody to a protector mindset, self-awareness, build community, <laughs> you know, with all of the unfortunate shootings we saw in schools and all of these things, I don't know what will, right? So that was really um, an impactful time. My classroom looked very different than a lot of others when mm -hmm. we would do lockdown drills. And uh, we would talk about what happens in our classroom if something happened, you know, it would, it would just look very different. Um, but I was really grateful to be there and, and to be protecting those kids. And uh, so when I left the school district at the end of 2022, I started on with Grace Covenant Church full time. And I'd already been here 18 years at this church. So moving into the office was 
was no different. It was just that I was here every day, right? Because sure. I was involved in so many other ministries, um, really just about every ministry, children's, women's, youth, you know, that you could think of. Um, Chuck was involved with different men's stuff. So it was it was just easy, right? Um, but it was then that I got involved fully in the safety and security team. Um, we had been part of the community of the safety and security team um, for a number of years because uh, one of our executive pastors told the director of operations who was leading the team, he said, well, I just know that if something happens, uh, I'm going to find Chuck and I'm going to get behind Chuck and I'm going to do what mm -hmm. he tells me to do. And so the director of operations said, maybe I should meet Chuck <laughs> and maybe I should bring him onto the team. And our executive pastor said, yeah, that'd be a good idea. So he had lunch with Chuck and Chuck joined the team. And um, when we do one thing, one of us does it, both of us do it. You know, we we're fully involved in each other's lives, which is a, a great thing. Uh, we have a lot of fun together. And um, so being, um, being a youth leader, an adult youth leader at our church, it was important for the team that I kind of uh, owned that world, right? <laughs> owned that floor, so to speak. So um, I had communications with the team as far as, you know, the, the youth group area. So if something happened, I was kind of the communication there to say, um, we're on lockdown or we need to leave or which those have all happened at our church. Um, so um, from there, when the director of operations left, I was I was brought on. One of my roles was a lot of administrative tasks for the team, right? Um, mm -hmm. Emails and scheduling and different things. So when the director of operations left a few months after I started, um, I kind of had to, by necessity, jump into full time leading the team because there was no one else here to do it. Well, uh, what I didn't realize was how much I would love it. Right. And the, the team we have here is so great. And so I just fell in love with it. Um, our new director of operations came in January of 2023 this year, mm -hmm. and he was having a, a meeting with our executive pastor. And they were talking about the role of safety and security coordinator and who were they they were going to bring on because they needed to hire somebody. And uh, Fred, our new director of operations, um, said, well, Corey is really doing this role already. Like She's doing her job plus this other job, both of them full time, should we consider her? Because they were looking at former military, police, firefighters, you know, someone with that kind of background. Sure. And um, it's kind of, it's really kind of hard to find somebody in that role who also goes to church and is a believer and wants to lead a team. And, you know, because if they're retired, Definitely. they they probably want to retire <laughs> and not jump back into a full time job. Right. So he said, you know, can we look at Corey for this job? And our executive pastor said, yeah, why don't you ask her if she's interested in it? And so when Fred came to me and said, um, OK, you've got two jobs. Which one would you pick? I said, really, is this really a question? Are you serious? And he <laughs> laughed. He said, yeah, I already know which one you pick, but I'm obligated to ask you the question. So I said, definitely safety and security. I love this job. I, I you know, would love to do that full time. I mean, the fact that you're asking me, I was just floored, you know. So um, that was January. So by the end of March, I was um, moved full time into safety and security coordinator. So that was really exciting. And he moves sure. quick. Yeah. And our church doesn't have a lot of red tape. They're, they're pretty <laughs> passionate about things and very supportive. So 
so it was great. So um, since then, it's, it's not even been a year yet, but we started with a really great foundation that was already laid for us. And um, but we, you know, we've built on it. We have monthly trainings now and uh, we change the way we bring people on the interview process and onboarding process and um, different requirements and all kinds of stuff like it's been great. So I still serve in the youth group. I half the half the morning is serving as, you know, security lead, I guess. And then the other <laughs> half is uh, working with uh, now ninth grade girls. We, we have the blessing of starting off with our with our kids in sixth grade. And then we follow them all the way through high school. So starting in ninth grade, we we put the girls and the guys together. So now we have about 50 girls and guys that we meet with on Wednesday nights that are in ninth grade. And so we've got a big group. It's awesome. So, yeah, so I'm still involved in a lot of other things at the church, too. But uh, safety and security is definitely my main my main gig around here. So that's it in a nutshell, well, I guess. It is it is awesome. I love Fred too because he's a yeah. amazingly nice guy. And he really yeah. he um he's definitely he strikes me as the the individual that I could spend a lot of time hanging out with and talking with. A very yeah. very sharp, very wise, very wise man. And um I agree. So I think and I want to, I definitely, um, we have to take a quick break, but I definitely want to come back and talk about just the church's process of, of bringing you into that role, because I think, okay. I think there's, and, and I know I've said this to you before, but I think that's, that speaks very highly mm-hmm. and speaks volumes to the focus of the church. And mm-hmm. that, that focus is, is, and has been truly that safety and security can be something that is ministry oriented and ministry first focused to support okay. the mission of the church. And uh, I definitely, I want to talk about that. So um, we'll go ahead and, and, uh, and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll, we'll get into that. So if you're listening, don't go anywhere. Uh, we will be hopefully right back. <laughs> At Centurion Bible College, we're authentic about relationships, we're passionate on training, we're unapologetically biblical. And as the first college in the United States to design an associate's program in church safety and security, we're innovative. Explore Centurion Bible College and you'll find the tools to be better prepared to support your community and the mission of your church, the culture to help you engage with the people you serve with, and the environment to foster learning and leadership. Discover Centurion Bible College today. Enhance and develop the skills to engage and connect with your community when they need you the most. Be intentional in your community with a ministry mindset, understand concepts of safety and security, and make a difference today. For more information or to enroll, visit centurionbc.org or churchsafetyguys.com. Even at church, bad things can happen. Medical emergencies, active shooters, predators, even domestic disputes. Is your church, is your ministry, is your sanctuary prepared? Do you have a safety or security team? Find out how you can be with James McGarvey's new book, The Case for Church Safety and Security. James McGarvey's experience and training, along with a biblical foundation, bring much-needed information in today's trying times. It offers a true biblical perspective for starting, keeping, and growing a safety or security ministry in your church or place of worship. 
The Case for Church Safety and Security, a brand new book, includes a special foreword by Frank Pomeroy, the pastor at the First Baptist Church, Sutherland Springs, Texas, where they experienced the worst active shooter in U.S. history. This compelling book shares insight on preparing yourself and your church from potential threats with a biblical worldview. Start your journey to a more secure ministry and worship freely knowing you're safe. Get more information now at churchsafetyguys.com and pick up your copy today. The Church Safety Guys help church and place of worship safety and security teams all over North America through our broadcasts, online communities, conferences, trainings, resources, and the all-new Church Security app. Download it today. Help us continue to reach churches by supporting our sponsors, purchasing our resources, and consider becoming a ministry partner by making a monthly or one-time donation. Remember to like, subscribe, and share this broadcast with your team. And now, back to the broadcast. All right, welcome back, and uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. So as always, uh, if this is your first time listening to the broadcast, please feel free to like, subscribe, and share uh, if you're if you're doing that over YouTube or maybe Spotify. And uh, if we can help you or your ministry, please feel free to reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com, and uh, we would love to do that. So we're talking about uh, women in ministry, and uh, we actually have our guest today, Corey Jones. And Corey is actually the safety director of Grace Covenant Church in uh, in Austin, Texas. And that's actually uh, Grace Covenant. Thanks to Corey and her husband, Chuck, were hospitable in allowing us to have our, our 2024 conference there, which, which we're really excited about. So uh, again, for more information on the conference, you can visit the, the website churchsafetyconference.com. And there's ticket information, and uh, it's in April. It's going to be a great long weekend. Um, but I want to, before we run out of time, I want to jump back to <laughs> to Corey so that we can can pick her brain a little bit. And before the break, one of the things I mentioned was um, a church, your church specifically, picking you and asking mm-hmm. you to do that. Um, it really, it really means a lot. And when I started thinking about it, it, it means a lot to me and it's, it has absolutely nothing to do with me. Um, which is kind of, kind of a weird way to say it, but still it, it's really reflective of you were already serving, you were already doing the job. And the church was like, instead of grabbing somebody and bringing them in, they're like, look, this is our focus. This is our priority. Corey's already doing it. So we want to, we want her to fill this role. And then it kind of came down to you deciding if you wanted to do that or not. (laughs) And that in and of itself is pretty amazing. Like let's separate out the church security element of that. Just in a moment, a church in executive leadership, recognizing the talents of their team and understanding the, the, the calling and capacity of what you bring Corey and saying, Hey, this is automatically saying, why don't, why don't we have this consideration? I feel like in the, if this was the corporate world, 
they would have ignored that. They would have moved on and posted the job and and hired somebody not realizing right under the, under their eyeballs that they had somebody that could have filled that role perfectly. And so I think there's just it's a testament of course to to your church um, but also to how you serve. And uh, because clearly that has left a mark um, on those around you enough for them to recognize that. But it speaks volume of the culture in that church as well. So it's pretty amazing. And the, the culture of it, too, I'm just going to say this and then I'll throw it over to you to to add um, the culture to speak volumes to that. I mean, I I have personally talked to at least one individual that serves on your team and that individual um, may, if we can work it out, maybe a guest, a uh, future guest, but that I'm also excited about. But everyone is extremely respectful and speaks very highly of you. So it's not like, oh, we're just doing this because we're continuing to serve. Your your leadership has been and gone above and beyond to demonstrate Christ's love and grace to others. And that's beyond commendable from that, from the aspect of, you know, we, we work with churches all the time where we're constantly looking at the culture, like how, how do you respect your leaders? How, in fact, I was, I was at a church this past, uh, this past week and we were talking about it because the church is trying to set up a team. And so, you know, if you have leaders that do that, that put Christ first, that demonstrate servant leadership, the, the abundance of that blessing is seen in how the, the team responds, how the team acts and everything. And that's why we harp on it so much as, you know, ministry first is, is the priority because everything else can be added to that. Um, but I'll throw it over to you and you can, you can jump in and say, <laughs> say something if you'd like. It, everything you're saying is so spot on. Um, Mike, you're, you know, an analogy of the corporate world. Um, I worked in the corporate world, I, you know, event planning and executive assistant stuff, all that. Right. And what they would do is say, oh, well, we have to open it up. We have to open it up internally, externally. It's just, you know, sure. part of the rules or whatever. Uh, well, one of the great things about being in a church who's privately run is that they don't have rules like that. Right. But you're right. The fact that they, they took the time to look and see, you know, she's already doing this. I mean, we literally sat down, the job description is almost two pages. And he said, let's look and see what you're doing. And I said, okay, you know, and there was only one thing on the whole list that I wasn't doing. And I said, oh, I'm not doing that. And I kind of felt bad for it. Right. It wasn't even my job, but I kind of felt bad for it. He said, it's OK. We're, we're not doing that yet at all. And I said, oh, OK, great. Right. Um, but the reason he was asking all of that was because of the next question. Well, would you want to do this? You know, so it was really cool. Um, and the fact that they did look at me, even as a female in this role, they did say, you know, we don't have to have a male. We and they overlooked all of the things that they were that they were initially going for, right? Needed needed to have this ex-military police, all these things, right? And they said, well, who's doing the job and who can do it well? I guess, or they hoped, right? They were they were kind of gambling on that a little <laughs> bit, but uh, but you know, I, it was great. It was really um, a confidence booster for me. Um, it, it I think it set me on a good path. 
of sure. leading the team, knowing that they had that confidence and that they were supportive of our team. Our, one of the things I can say about our, our pastoral staff and, and everybody on staff and our members is that they are very supportive of us, right? And we've been pretty incognito, but I'm starting to bring that in, in us into the light a little bit more. Um, but it's really been great. You know, um, there was something you said, James, that that's oh, triggered something. I can't remember what it was now, <laughs> but um, yeah, but it's been great. I mean, um, the process that we've been able to go through of, of having trainings, of having a budget that I own, right, is I think it's a big deal. I mean, to see that our church has a safety and security coordinator full time role is an anomaly, right? Yeah. I have um, in the last few months, I've pulled together what I call a resource team, and it includes people that um, kind of manage their safety team all over the greater Austin area, Georgetown, Elgin, South Austin, you know, there's um, probably 12 churches and we meet every other month at here. I host them and I build the agenda and stuff. Hopefully that'll change this year. Some people will start owning that a little more, but, um, but to see the, the level of support that I have when we get together and talk about what's going on in our churches, um, our church, Grace Covenant Church is really uh, light years ahead. It's just, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, the culture we have, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it reminds me, it reminds me a lot of when I started in, in church safety, which was 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I mean, my, my background has been in public safety. So I had a little bit more of that experience, but because the idea of church safety was so new, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was signing up to ask to do like safety director, like only the big churches in, you know, metropolitan areas had that role. That was just, you know, that was anomaly too. So to me, your story a lot really reminds me a lot of mine when, you know, I went to our lead pastor and said, Hey, this is my vision. I'd like to do this. And my focus is ministry, discipleship and supporting area churches. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. You, you said, I, I used the D word, which was discipleship. And that was his, one of his, his pet words. So, um, but it, <clears throat> it's interesting because we see all the time, uh, or very often, I should say, we see individuals that have taken over their church safety and security team and stepped in and, and they've, um, had that experience, like you said, like been in the military, been in, in public safety, et cetera, et cetera. And Mike and I have for years literally said that that should not be the litmus test of asking someone to, to lead a team. It should be, you know, what is their leadership capabilities? Where's their heart? Where's their focus? You know, do they, are they approach an approachable leader? Because if you work on, the ministry aspect and, you know, the, the leadership role and tasks, everything else can be added. All of those safety type training and everything can be added in that, but you can't replace someone that has a heart for it and a passion to do it from a ministry perspective. Right. Well, and respect, right. You, what I, what you said earlier was, um, you know, how do you lead a team that responds to you? Um, yeah. respect. I mean, right. The respect that I give to this team is huge because every time I bring someone new on, I tell them, uh, I really am not 
I'm not the expert here. I'm, I'm probably not even equipped to be on this team, right? Um, but you bring a different level of expertise and knowledge. And so for the greater good, we all are this, this well-oiled, amazing mm -hmm. machine because of all the different expertise on the team that we bring together, right? And so the respect that I have for the people on my team is huge. You know, I care about them. I care about their families, their children, their wives, you know, uh, what's going on with them. And I ask and I know and I pray and they know that. And so I think that's a big part of them stepping up week by week. Um, but just their their pure mentality, because before I came on, one of my my number one goal when I first took over the team was community, build community, because what we had was a great, solid group of guys. And there was one other girl on the team who would show up on Sundays, they would they would pick a post, you know, it was kind of first come first serve. So they kind of did the same thing every week, right? And um, I wanted to build community because I knew that community and trust was important. And so uh, we have a solid foundation of community where the guys are just about to start a Bible study group together, which is amazing. I'm super excited about that. <laughs> um, and, uh, and now I, set the, the positions from week to week, right? I say where they're, that they tell me if they're going to serve and I tell them where they're going to serve and they like it. They want, because now they have to serve everywhere in every capacity and every role. And so that makes us a stronger team because everybody knows what's going on everywhere. Right. Um, but I think that respect, that foundation is so important, right? You can't have that without building a good team. For sure. Absolutely. You talked a lot about kind of that respect and building on that service and so forth. And and really, we have the perfect example. Jesus took not a firearm from his belt, but a towel from his belt, <laughs> and he washed his disciples' feet. I and I think that, that is, I have figured, <laughs> but I think that's the difference is if we yeah. think about an everyday carry, what we carry is our heart and our head first. And everything that we bring is as elements of tools for the job and the what if is just that. It's the what if. But are we actually sowing into our team in such a way that they are serving each other as much as they're serving the church or serving the the, the members uh, in, in whether it's a good day or a bad day or a day in crisis? It, it's the same thing. They need to understand how are they going to show up not because of what's on their belt, but because what's in their heart and how they can serve the right way. Right. One of the, one of the questions that, that, um, was just asked that we, we got, um, brought in, uh, Corey was, was directed to you. And basically they're asking, did you experience anyone, uh, that you felt tried to bully you because they knew or acted like they knew more than you did or knew better than you with like when you took over the team. And I presume they're talking about people specifically on the team. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to assume that. Um, no, absolutely. None. That's interesting. Not one of them. None, not one of them. <laughs> um, I think that I, you know, I had started, I kind of was in the community already. Right. So they knew me. I knew, and I'd been at this church for 18 years. Right. So I was not like an unknown capacity, but there were a lot of the people on the team that I didn't, that I didn't know. Like I would see them and I didn't even know their name. Right. So then when I started in the role with more of the administrative duties, then I, you know, I got to know them, that kind of thing. And then when I took over the team, of course I knew everybody, but everybody was 100% on board and supportive. Hmm. 
So See, I mean, that, that just that shows to the me, and in our church, that just yeah. Shows, like, I was just going to say yeah. that. I mean, that's that's just a testimony to yeah. the culture of the church and the fact that you know they were supportive. Because if if the leadership is supportive, and we've said this many many times before, but if the leadership is is supportive of having a safety and security ministry all of that kind of transcends to, mm-hmm. you know, how the people on your team are going to respond, how, you know, how the members respond to the team. And that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Our pastors paint a very clear picture of um, unity right here at our church. And um, it's just kind of an understood that if, if somebody comes on staff, uh, not everybody is announced from the pulpit, right? Unless they're a pastor of something, right? But if somebody's on staff, then our church is supportive of it because they figure that our leadership has been involved and they've approved it. And this is somebody that we're going to embrace, right? So we work through the good and the bad together. It's great. So what, let's, let's jump into more specifics on, on women in ministry. So um, what would you, what would you say being in that role and, um, and position, what would you say to maybe a church that um, reached out to you that said, uh, we don't need women on our team and this should just be guys. And like, how would, how would you respond to that? Besides, besides maybe smacking them upside the head. <laughs> I don't no, know. I know. I think my husband might do that for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I would first ask them why. I mean, why do you think that way? Why do you feel that way? Right. What, what's your basis of belief? You know, that a man is stronger. May probably. Yeah, I would say men are stronger than women. Um, but the mental fortitude. Right. I, I, I wouldn't say that. Um, one of the things that I think a lot of women do. Uh, well, a lot of the women in my circle do um, better is uh, the whole de-escalation. Right. Um, when we when we were first married, my husband said, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to let you go talk to the person at the front desk of wherever, because you have a, a this diplomatic approach to being mm-hmm. able to deal with conflict. And it comes out in our favor because of the way you handle it. He goes, if I go up, I'm just going to be hot headed and it's going to be awful. Right. So that was our thing. If <laughs> something went bad, I was the one that handled it. But um, but we call that de-escalation now. Right. Um but I would say, you know, why I would ask them why, what's, what's the fallacy that they live under that they think women should not be part of the team because, you know, you've got situations where, you know, men go into women's restrooms and you've got homeless women that come that are skittish and nervous. And, and if a man approaches them, especially a big guy, um, they're probably going to, you know, run away or, or something, you know, negative yeah. is going to come from that. Um, but we've got women that come that, you know, have large bags and I go up and talk to them about, you know, their day and what's going on. And, you know, you've got a big bag, what's in it. You know, we talk about different things. It's not that cut and dry, but um, there's all kinds of women uh, reasons that women would be an asset to a team. Um, If anything, to build um, a different mindset, right? I think women come to the table, not having, the mindset of, oh, I'm already uh, knowledgeable. I already am an expert at this. Um, I'm probably not going to learn a whole lot, right? If I'm going to a new class or something where um, my husband loves to train. um, He loves to train new shooters who are female because he Mm -hmm. says they're so moldable. They come to the table just like, teach me the right way. Teach me what to do. Teach me all the rules. And I want to know. 
um, that's a great place to start with, you know, a female. So there's just, I've noticed, I will say I've noticed the same thing because I've, I've done, um, done firearm classes for a long time. And I, I noticed having women in the class versus men, oftentimes, um, I've honestly, I've never had a uh, woman and I've done firearm classes for 17 years. I, I don't think I've ever had a woman in a, in a single class, um, go to shoot and say, I know how to do this. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to do this the way I want to do it. Whereas, I mean, I, I thinking about it, I've had guys all the time, <laughs> like, oh, I know how to do this. I shot 20 years ago for three months. I've done in the it military. my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's we, interesting. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I was, I was going to say, we, yeah, it's, we talk about the teachable spirit and, and I don't think it is gendered necessarily, but coming to that with the right attitude and I think those that that do bring that, I think you're absolutely right. When when you enter with a teachable spirit, uh, they're moldable and shapeable, like you said, and and that's where it turns into getting a good culture and and creating a good team. Is there are a lot of skills and a lot of different ways and things that people could respond to. That all of that can be taught. What you can't necessarily teach as easily is those soft skills, those interpersonal skills, the ability to sit down and, and the willingness to to bend a knee and pray with somebody who's having a tough day. Uh, that's harder to be taught. Can you coach it? Yes. Can you uh, kind of lead it and kind of uh, demonstrate it? Absolutely. But it's harder to get that output, that outcome in, in a quick manner, whereas other skills are more teachable. I agree. Uh, One of the things I did is start a leadership team that of of guys that can not be a, you know, yes, ma'am, things are great, but tell me the hard truth, right? Is this, is this working? Um, If I'm, I'm doing a new training, is it good? You know, I'm writing this new piece of the manual. Can you read it and tell me, you know, what's wrong with it or whatever, but they're a great sounding board. Um, And they decided they should be called the board of directors. So I, I, I go by that. So we call them the board of directors. Um, but one of the criteria of being on that team is having a heart for God, right? And having mm-hmm. a solid walk with the Lord, a relationship with God, a growing marriage, right? We all have our ups and our downs, but a, but a, a healthy marriage um, if they're married. So those, I agree, Mike, those things are very important. We can't, uh, we can't have a ministry. We're called the action ministry team at our church. That's what, that's what we're known for. Um, the A team, some people say, but, but we can't have that. We can't have the A team without the ministry part in the middle. Um, it is, it is hard to teach. And part of our interview process now is there's a whole section. There's three different, there's three different groups that they have to go to. And one of the groups is, about their walk and their relationship with Christ. So it's very important. Interesting. We, I need to know that the people on my team are going to be led by the Holy Spirit when they've yeah. got a situation that is escalating, that might be a severe threat, that the Lord is leading them through that situation and that challenge and that trial and not just their own, you know, feelings and, and whatever. So, yeah, it's it's really important. And that may be the wisdom and discernment to understand that I need to tap out and tag somebody else in that says, hey, this is not, I'm, there's a personality conflict, there's something there, whatever, 
you can realize that regardless of training, sometimes it's just you're not going to get through to that person, no matter how skilled, no matter how trained you might be in that given capacity. Sometimes it's just better to say, hey, you know what, tap out, next person try. Yeah. Um, and, and build well, that rapport and de-escalation. That's an excellent point. You know, some of the, the best de-escalating teams in situations that I've, I've worked with on my church has been with women just because the, the, um, stark contrast between having a guy, having a woman working together has been very successful, very, very effective. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, one one thing you you mentioned, Corey, that I want to go back to is the fact that you're approachable to to your team and you don't you don't go in. You offer the leadership, you offer the management of saying, hey, here's the structure. This is this is how we do what we do. This is how we're successful as a ministry. But you're approachable in the sense that if someone has a concern, you have like that open door policy where it's like, hey, I, I don't know everything. Like, come talk to me because I'm, I'm sitting here and I, I know you're, I know that's how you are personality wise, but that's how um, I feel like that's how I was successful with having a team for the length of time that I did, because I never felt like. I knew everything, but I, I felt like the people around me, like together, we were solid. Like if I had a deficiency in some area, you know, one of, one of the folks that I served with could make up for that deficiency. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, um, I don't know, the, the key focus point of a successful safety team, a successful ministry is embracing that servant leadership attitude with, you know, with your team. And, and so often I think sometimes we, we have a tendency to forget that. And on Sundays where I forgot it, I would have one of my assistants come by and be like, brother, I need to talk to you. (laughs) I was always like, you're a little board of directors, man. Yeah. (laughs) But, but that's what I wanted, right? That's, I wanted individuals to be comfortable enough to come to me and say, and pull me aside and in brotherly love and say, you're wrong. You need to fix this or you need to do something different. (laughs) Yeah. That gut check is not always fun, but it's essential. (laughs) It's essential. Right. Yeah. I do crazy, stupid stuff all the time. Like, just like, what am I even thinking? You know, I just totally forgot who was even here today. You know, somebody will ask me a question and I'll say, uh, like this happened today. I, I was like, oh, I, Tom's on vacation. I think he's, uh, he didn't fill that out because he's not going to be here. And, and then Chuck chimes in and says, wait, Tom's my pastor wingman, isn't he? And I went, oh, last week he was on vacation. Yeah, this week he's here. I was like, sorry, <laughs> my teams, I know they're going, wait a minute, this is our leader? <laughs> No, but they're awesome. It's, it's really good. Well, having in, I mean, we've talked about it. Mike and I have talked about it before, but having the the humility and having an approachable spirit just goes so far with, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with leading a team and being successful and just realizing that, you know what, a team is just that it's a group of people that you're you know, that you're depending on to be successful, to handle things a certain way. And it's not just one person. And yeah. one of, I mean, one of the things I know I've, I've expressed many, many times to different churches is 
the um, what you said before that you're you're engaging with the, the folks that you serve with. It's not you're not asking them. Uh, and I'm actually in the middle of working on the outline for the next ministry lifecycle book, uh, Retain, where we talk about keeping keeping your ministry folks that you've invested time into. And one of the things that keeps coming up over and over again as I, I work on writing that is the the reality that, you know, as you as you look at people, as you're serving with people, you have to be involved with them. Mm -hmm. If you're not involved with them, then you're not going to be successful because that person eventually is going to get tired of serving and worn out and find something else to do. Yeah. So an example of that, um, we have monthly trainings, right? But I, I also have every like quarter, I I'm going to have a, um, a dinner with all the wives, right? And so that I can get to know them and they're part of the team, that kind of thing. Um, it's also quality because when the men go away for the men's retreat and I want them to, then I have all the wives and I'm like, okay, women, <laughs> come on in help me serve. Right. Nice. But Friday night we got together, we, we got together at this place and it was families and everybody came like everybody that could, and they brought their kids and it was a great time of community. Right. But this Sunday we had, um, we, we had a lot of people out today and, um, so I usually have, we have a security lead, like somebody who's kind of in charge. If something happens, that's the person to go to. Right. Um, and that's usually me for service. And, um, so today I couldn't really fulfill that role because I needed to be in front of a building doing security lead at that building. And so I was out there and I was freezing cold and I, I called my boss, Fred and said, Hey, Fred. Um, I forgot this sheet in the security room. Would you mind bringing it to me? I'm out at this building. And he said, yeah. And I said, and if you happen to walk by the hospitality room and grab a breakfast taco, <laughs> I would love that too. And he's like, what kind do you like? I don't care. I said, and I know you're not my errand boy, so forgive that. But if you don't mind, I would appreciate you know bringing those two things out. And he laughed. He goes, you know what? He said, I am your errand boy. He said, I'm your, as your manager, it is my responsibility to do things for you. He said, I'm here to serve you as you serve others. And I said, wow, you know, I guess that's true. I'm here to serve my team, whatever they need. They know they can call me and I'll, if I can do it, I will. So I said, that is so true. You're right. Yeah, that's what we do for mm. each other. Um, and so, you know, just great leadership, right? Um, from the top down, I think it's, it's, it's sure. a good place to be. Yeah. One of the ways I look at that, Corey, is I always take it on as my job to try to remove friction. So is there something in the process creating friction? Is there a, a policy that's creating a challenge or people are are struggling with it? Is there a, a specific area that somebody may not be uh, suitably yoked to do? Um, I try to look at those things that are potentially causing friction and, and see if I can remove it. Sometimes that friction is outside of my control, meaning it's, it's environmental or it's coming from the family or their day job or any number of things, but recognizing those points of friction, mitigating the ones we can. And then when there's ones that we can't touch, 
recognizing that maybe that's a time that that person needs a season where they they take a break and that's yeah. a chance to to really recharge and renew because that focus that friction may bubble up to the point where it can harm others on the team mm-hmm. so while it, you, it's looking at what that effect is not just on the individual but looking across the team and how that affects others you're so right. We've had that on the team a few times, right? Different reasons that people need to step off. Um, maybe, maybe not friction, but, um, you know, different things going on, just not a good time, or I need to go back to school or whatever, you know. Um, and that has led to a whole offboarding process that we need to have too, right? Um, because that's applicable. Like, why are we leaving? What's going on? You know, is it a good thing? Is it not? Whatever. But, um, but anytime someone has had to step off the team, um, it has ended in a very great, great conversation, right? And so I'm so glad for that, that um, we can part ways, but but it's not like any of the parting of the ways has been a negative thing. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. it, it could be awkward to be right. on a team and then step off and people think, well, is there something going on? Is it not? And, and it's like, no, we just we need, we're in a different season of life and we need to change things. And, and that's going to continue to happen. People will come and go. And, um, but I'm really grateful for the conversations that we can have around that. Because of the tenure that this ministry tends to have, we tend to see folks and I've had conversations with different churches where you get the folks that have served for a long time. And now they're, they're recognizing that it's probably not the season for them to continue serving. Uh, for any number of reasons, and typically that's those that are are reaching older ages that they're they're recognizing that they're not as nimble as they once were, and mm-hmm. and that they, they don't have that ability that they once had, and that that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I encourage folks to look at how might you use them. So sometimes they they can move their 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 skill set into uh, a position that like monitors, or they can be given a seat and they can still use their eyes and observe and greet people and do different things, yeah. but maybe they can't stand a post per se. So it, it can evolve, but that offboarding that you talked about, Corey, is very important for all of these teams to look at, not just for saying, why did somebody leave or why is somebody perhaps moving on, but making sure that you can help them with that transition, mm-hmm. especially those that have served for a long time and are now changing they're right. calling their station in in the church from a position on the team to something else. Sure. I had a guy um, in our original leadership team that needed to, to step down for a little bit. And uh, it was good. It was great. You know what? Seven months later, he's back on the team. He needed a break. He had been on the team for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, he needed a break. Right. So that was good. Yeah. It was great for him to be able to go do that you know, take care of his kids. They, you know, left for college, all this stuff was going on and it was good. It was a good thing. Um, there was another gentleman who was like, um, our, our standards had kind of increased a little bit with, um, the different things that we were asking people to do on the team, um, different physical abilities and stuff. And he just said, you know, I'm not there, you know, I'm, I'm older. I don't think I can do all that. And, and I said, um, I said, you know, there's so much value you bring to the team, though, in different ways, right? I mean, we've got an entire position that's just camera overwatch, right? Yeah. So there's so much you can do, lobby greeting, all these things. And in the yep. end, he was like, I really, yeah. need, you know, I need to step off. And I was like, okay, that's good. We, and we're, we're still friends, but there's so many different reasons. 
There's so much legacy. Sorry, uh, one quick thought. Legacy knowledge that sometimes those folks that are kind of retiring from the role have. And we don't always do the best job documenting a lot of things. Now, we may capture incident data, but documenting other knowledge and information isn't always something that folks in our ministry tend to do. So capturing some of that legacy knowledge from somebody who's kind of moving on is is huge because they can provide insights and information to the next generation that are going to continue to serve. Sorry, James. I was just going to say, just kind of echo what what you guys both said was that, um, you know, there's always a if you're creative, safety and security is probably one of the few ministries that you can be extremely creative with and figure out a new type of post or a new type of position <laughs> almost on the fly and say, Hey, we don't have somebody, but if you need to sit down in a chair or you need to serve in this capacity, mm-hmm. can you be my eyes and ears? And can you help out with this? And I just added two more positions two weeks ago. <laughs> some so of the, we got to grow the team again. <laughs> I mean, some of the, um, some of the best relationships that I've had with folks serving have been with older folks or, you know, special needs or, or handicapped folks or, or just finding a position and helping them contribute and helping them um, meet that desire that they have to serve. And that's, you know, that's what, and really what we do for anybody is really try to plug them in so that they can, they can serve in a way that, that brings them um, purpose, right? Because we all, we all are looking for purpose in Christ, but, but also purpose in the church. And so having that uh, definitely contributes contributes to that. So anyhow, we are out of time. In fact, we're kind of over. So um, we should probably say goodnight. But thank you uh, so much, Corey, for hanging out with us. It was great to have you on. And it's always fun to, to chat with you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great. It's great to hear more about your team too, Corey. I can't wait for you to meet all of them. That's it's so good. Awesome. Yeah. Said, when we go down there in, in April, she's going to have them all lined up and like, yeah. okay, now this is this person and that person. Yeah. And it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. I can't wait to host y'all and, and to have the conference. It's really going to be a great time. Sweet stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Corey. All right. So just wrapping up real quick again, uh, if you've joined us or haven't, uh, recently, more recently, thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for joining. As always, you can reach out to us through our website, which is churchsafetyguys.com. And, uh, if you're interested in, in attending our 2024 church security essentials conference, uh, the tickets are actually out and available, um, at an early bird, uh, price discounted, uh, rate. And uh, you can check that out on our website, which is churchsafetyconference.com. And uh, if you're interested in bringing your church or your your team, feel free to reach out to us for a for a um, multi-ticket discount. We can we can provide for you. Um, but otherwise, we we definitely appreciate you hanging out with us. And as always, click the like, share, and subscribe button for us. That always helps us with the algorithms and and providing uh, content for you all. And um, at the moment, we will plan on seeing you all next week. So thanks for hanging out. Take care. God bless. Have a great, great, uneventful, I'll say that, great uneventful week. <laughs> Take care.
Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast, brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams, join the discussion online, and connect with us on social media or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. For other great ministry resources, download the Church Security app. Remember, keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and semper disciplina. Always be training. Have a blessed week.